Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm very sorry to, to tell all of you wicked Easters out there that it's just myself, Michael Curzon and Luke Perry today. And that's not the only uh, sort of record that we're breaking in this episode. First of all, it's the crack of dawn, um, which I think is the first time we've recorded an episode early. We normally record them midday and we've occasionally recorded them very late, but never very early, which is particularly impressive because of the other record we've broken, uh, which is that it's the first time I think we've recorded with Luke Perry still being quite drunk from a pub darts league game. So uh we'll we'll see how he fares today look how are you feeling i i said, told you i'm gonna get a cup of coffee you said that's that's a good idea tea will work i suggested a pint but you turned it down yes well i'm i'm thinking just after the, the last 10 not drunk hole 14 odd hours ago um i think i, I i'll just stick with the tea and yes um there's, there's a reason for the, the celebratory atmosphere um my my pub team were playing the uh, the the local pub darts team and uh, I hit the winning double so that's a good reason and then at, at midnight I won't bore you with the details but cousin says hey look can you record at 8am why do I agree to do this <laughs> oh I'm annoyed you've said 8am because I said the crack of dawn everyone's going to think we're pathetic now for thinking that eight o'clock's really early sorry my, my Friday <laughs> begins at 11 you know this this is true well you can tell that uh, we are inexperienced at the recording side Sam is as you know, our digital uh, editor. We've already had my email go off because I forgot to turn that off. Um, I clicked screen share rather than record at the beginning of this. Um, so please bear with us. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be an interesting episode. Um, it's, it's 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 not as bad. As, I'll let the viewers know about this as well. It's not as bad as when a Zoom recording asks for your consent and you click no. <laughs> that's well, I was just testing the system. I wanted to see what happened. Um, well, another... Uh, Another sort of typical week in review thing has happened here today, which is that the main story was discussed last week, uh, but once again, the sort of the major details were released after the episode was <laughs> was published. Um, so last Friday when we recorded, we were talking about the Omicron COVID variant, which had just been named Omicron, I think. Um, but on Saturday after we published the episode uh, at about five or six o'clock, Boris Johnson held a press conference. Um, now, why he held a press conference after there had been just two cases of this variant, about which plenty of leading um, scientific advisors, including top scientists in SAGE, um, who said that this is not horrendous and in fact told um, other advisors who claimed this was horrendous, uh, that they were hugely overstating the situation. That was Professor Callum Semple. And you also had people like Professor Andrew Pollard, the director of the Oxford Vaccine Group, saying that it's extremely unlikely that there's going to be a reboot of the pandemic from this. So despite all these people, uh, and even despite actually uh, the vaccine companies like um, Pfizer and Moderna saying, actually, if we do need to slightly update our vaccine, then we'll be able to do so very quickly. Despite all of these things, Boris thought that a mere two cases of this variant, which we knew would come here, it's hardly surprising that um, the cases would enter the country and indeed then spread across the continent, uh, that that was enough for a press conference in the middle of the day on a Saturday and further that it beckoned more restrictions. So face masks are back, although actually 
uh, if you go into the shops, uh, you, you'd be hard pressed to realise that there'd been any change. Um, and there's been a massive ramping up of restrictions on the borders. Now, it's sort of a touchy subject because people always say we must, you know, there should be stricter controls on the borders, which to an extent uh, at one point agreed with. But I think the new measures uh, are quite ridiculous. They say that anybody who comes into the country must isolate uh, at least until they've had a negative PCR COVID test, even if they've got no symptoms, um, even uh, even if they're fully vaccinated. And we don't agree with the sort of different measures for vaccinated or unvaccinated, but the fact that the government agrees on that shows that they don't believe the distinction is that important either. So yes, ramp of new restrictions because of this new unscary variant, even the WHO now says it's not anything to worry about, yet here we are, and we're probably going to see even more restrictions as time goes on. Well, talk, talking about the uh, follow the experts, follow the science, the, the government and other political leaders only do that if they can use it as a battering ram. Yes. If not, it's just to claim corruption, ignore it and continue as, as planned. We saw this with child vaccinations with the, uh, the JCVI of how it yeah. refused in the headline of The Guardian to um, recommend that ch children be vaccinated. Yeah. And um, it just shows that... Uh, well, it, it was never about the virus. It was only about control. And this control has been um, further heightened on the continent. Now, uh, it's got more, uh, the continent, Netherlands, Germany, and elsewhere in Western Europe has more Omicron cases than us by about a thousand percent, even though that takes you to about 200 odd. And um, <laughs> it's, yeah, that's, that's how you lie with statistics. Yeah. And um, of course, Germany has just gone full throttle the unvaccinated after the uh, turfed out of shops and museums and, and Angela Merkel as a great parting gift to the German people wants to make the vaccine mandatory and be the next nation to do so so yeah screw the experts love love the power absolutely one of the one of the uh one of the measures you mentioned before we started recording was in Greece where people are going to see a monthly fine if they're over the age of 60 aren't vaccinated. What's, what's the amount they uh, have taken off them if they're not jabbed? Well, I think it's a recurring fine of 100 euros beginning in January. Now, what do I like to pick out? This is the rhetoric used by the, yeah. the Greek Prime Minister, who's the flag bearer of this policy. Now, um, I, I wish Wicket was here because he always says that... Um, lockdown restrictions are like the mafia choice you do have a choice but the choice is either you go along with those with, with the batons and the guns or you um have a block tied to your legs and thrown to the bottom of the river yeah. now um the the greek prime minister said that at uh, this 100 euro fine is quote-unquote protection not a punishment mm. so now um uh, they must be listening to what we're saying because <laughs> how it's how it's such a racket yeah well, we're we're honoured, um, and and you mentioned in in Germany the rhetoric as well with Merkel. You, you mentioned it's a parting gift. What what did Merkel uh, label the sort of lockdown of unvaccinated people as? Yeah, she labelled it as a, as an act of solidarity, which is one logistically incorrect, given that um it, it's targeting about the ten percent, the ten thirty percent of the population that are unvaccinated. And yeah. uh, the second thing to point out is it's just the, the use of modern progressive language, how we're all in this together. Mm. And um, so, yeah, yeah. So we'll be out. there'll be another one soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, this has finally led um, 
a good number of commentators who haven't said very much um, against lockdowns to say, well, hang on a minute. Doesn't the, um, I mean, in, in Australia, for example, we've got the creation, haven't we, of, of, of sort of uh, detention or isolation camps where people uh, have, who are isolating in their home have the door uh, knocked by members of the police who say, if you don't come with us or if you don't uh, come to this camp to isolate, you'll be fined. <laughs> and even across Europe where you've got uh, the segregation, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a, a medical segregation, you could almost say, um, but medical apartheid, I think is how people have labeled it in the press, um, of, of those who have decided not to get a vaccine. Um, and commentators are saying, well, hang on a minute, Given the history of some of these countries, isn't it a little bit touchy that they go this far with the measures, and particularly that they dress it up with this sort of rhetoric of unity, um, and and the, the fines in other countries of people who refuse to get jabs? Again, given their histories, but um, this is uh, what Richard Thomas, who's a occasional Bumbrook commentator and all-round good chap, uh, said earlier today on on Twitter. I think it was. It's, it's all very well and good these commentators criticize the actions when it happens in countries like Germany when they're going too far or in or in Greece or in Australia but what about here what about right from the beginning what about March 2020 when the government went too far simply by introducing the first lockdown uh, despite having not conducted sort of cost-benefit analyses and without having um, considered whether lockdown itself regardless of the the cost of well regardless I should say of the of the costs would itself have any benefits? Um, so it's a bit too little, too late, as is and has often been the case throughout the whole of the pandemic. Yeah, well, um, again, sort of governments in uh, sort of Western liberalised democracies have for a while um, created problems, fashioned themselves and the solutions. And then when those problems become bigger, they kick them down the road and hope someone else fix it. And uh, I'd go on with the sort of the history of countries uh, doing this and it's not the rhetoric of yeah, it's the the tarnishing of a minority group and the relentless propaganda about how they're all at fault for all the the ills of the world and going back to a uh, to germany which is most a uh, example and um what uh, a news anchor um just had a three four minute rant staring directly at the camera about uh, how the unvaccinated have spoiled Christmas, how they're the enemy within. And uh, of course, this um, played out in, uh, of course, Australia, where uh, you're taken to a quarantine camp and <laughs> if you escape, you are hunted down and arrested, which which happened uh, last week. Three people um, broke out a quarantine facility in um, three people oh, in, well. in Northern Australia. Yeah, three, <laughs> three people the scaled escape. the fence. And, they scaled the fence in the dead of night, and uh, the Australian the Australian authorities in the Northern Territory launched a statewide manhunt for them. Oh they checked God. cars, they set up police checkpoints, and uh, fun funniest thing is, both before and after their arrest, but all three tested negative for COVID. Goodness sake! I mean, that that is unnecessary anyway. But that's just a that's a nice big fat cherry on the top. Did they they should have all gone out with. Uh, with mud trailing down the trousers on the inside, so they could they could hide the holes they've been digging to escape through. They should they should have 
contracted some worse disease out in the outback and then brought that to the coppers. Yeah, oh dear. Well, speaking of uh, ruining Christmas, uh, in this country, one of the big topics in the last few days has been Christmas parties in Downing Street last year. Um, and I've seen a lot on both from politicians, from commentators, and even from members of the public, on, especially on social media, um, when they've been highlighting reports of parties in Downing Street saying, well, so what? You know what? These people have been working hard. They had to relax. And, and actually, everybody else did it. Lots of other people broke the COVID rules, which I thought was such a silly comment because, fine, other people broke the COVID rules, but those people who broke them can't also be accused of having created them which I think makes a slight difference. Um, and I think the important point is that fine, whilst other people did break them, and while people you know, were able to break them, um, the point is, is that the, the government's rules in, in many senses uh, scared plenty of other people, um, especially older people, people living alone, and, and people uh, most at need of, of socialization and of uh, communal help didn't break them, were too scared to break them, um, or perhaps were prevented from breaking them from the fact that the, their, their own friends and family were scared of breaking them. So the, the government can't be let off on this one, I don't think. And, and Downing Street staff, if, if Boris Johnson was involved or knew about these things, shouldn't be let off because, fine, others broke them. And I agree that the rules were ridiculous and should have been broken, but, in fact, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. And they, they caused very much misery for a lot of other people. Yeah, well, the rules were just meant for the plebs, not the political class. Yeah. We've seen this, we've seen this with every issue, you see it with climate change, you see it with financial markets, and that's why the textbooks about the size of your flat, because it's so riddled with loopholes written by people bought and paid for by... A bit bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, more than that, yeah. And um, so COVID rules on aren't any different and it further proves that um it's all about power because these politicians you know snogging their uh, aides in the downing street door or um hosting parties or traveling across london to um screw their uh, mistress so it's it's all about power at the end of the day. It's, it's all about just having this excuse that gives these people prestige and status and authority but it's it's no different with the uh, the COVID laws and when these scandals inevitably hit the press that'll just be in the news cycle for a week and two weeks and then something more important will come along because remember the press is in lockstep with the government hmm. and the government will um just feel no um risk of, of breaking the law the worst they'll get is um they might have to resign like Matt Hancock did or maybe not even that because you know they rehired Neil Ferguson after he was caught violating yeah. traveling across London to uh, do New York, do you know what well for all we know Matt Hancock might come back in a senior position I mean I think Ferguson came back because it was such a long time after what had happened and he's sort of in the background enough that people forgot about it um, and this is the thing about COVID lockdowns and the, the pandemic is that it's gone on much longer than is necessary <laughs> so we might all soon forget about Matt Hancock um, on the snogging point you mentioned, this is another sort of uh, thing which is played in the rhetoric this week, where it reminded me of actually uh, the whole debate around what constituted a pub dinner, um, where you had some ministers saying, 
yeah, a scotch egg would suffice. You can have a beer so long as you have a scotch egg. You'd have someone else saying, no, that wasn't enough. Perhaps you need a scotch egg and a bag of crisps to make sure that you can have a pint. All of that nonsense where, you know, politicians are talking about things that should be completely out of their remit, all of them contradicting each other, all of them speaking absolute crap. Um, we've got it again this week. Well, we have, we've had it every week. Even before COVID, we've had it every week. This isn't new. But we've got it this week on whether or not we're allowed to kiss under the mistletoe at Christmas, which you can't help but laugh about. And so one government says, oh, I think it was Sajid Javid, snog who you like, snog as much as you want. Then you've got someone else, Therese Coffee, was it? Um, saying, oh, no, no, absolutely no kissing. You've got one of the, the lead SAGE members saying, you don't even socialise this Christmas, so long as, you know, if it's not necessary. What a stupid comment. If it's not necessary, we're social beings, for goodness sake. We're our whole, um, <laughs> our whole point of surviving, that's not just, you know, living technically, but actually properly living and surviving is socialising. And for plenty of people, without socialising, they die early, miserable deaths. But of course, socialising is necessary. Um, I suppose you can tell from the downward wrinkles on her face that perhaps she's lacked some of it in her own life, but I don't want her to inflict her own misery on everybody else. We've got bitterness this morning. Oh, I love it. And um, going to the point about uh, not being able to kiss uh, under the mistletoe, many offices are banning Christmas parties anyways. So, yeah, yeah you know, we won't get the chance anyways. Government's outsourced its restrictions to the private sector. And remember, the... Uh, the demand not to snog under the mistletoe is happening, what, nearly two years into the pandemic, two yeah. years into lockdown. So this this two, three weeks to flatten the curve is taking forever. Mm. <laughs> and and then, um, I don't know, it, it will be, um, hold tight, we'll defeat the Omicron. And uh, there'll be a new variant, there'll be Groundhog Day. Yeah. I, th I think we should have, have that as our, as our new national holiday, that small town in Pennsylvania, which brings out this you know, giant rat and the rats. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it does, but it supposedly tells you how long more winter would last. I, I think we just need that for lockdowns. And someone should just give that the, uh, the infinity sign. Yeah. Just, just have that buried in the hay. So you could just bring it out and show to the world. Yeah. No, I think that's true. And, and you are right. Um, Next Christmas, we'll be talking about the next variant. We could actually try and pinpoint this, I reckon. We can try and work out where in the Greek alphabet, how many they'll skip in case it offends certain people like Zizi Ping. Uh, we can try and work out where we'll be by December 2020. What is it? 2022. Crikey. Because, um, yes, it's, yeah, you're right. It's undoubtable that we'll, this will still be a hot topic when it most certainly shouldn't be, especially with you know this this variant now i mean the measures were introduced when boris admitted in the press conference that very little was known about this variant that we had no idea about it um we didn't know if it if the vaccine would be all right with it or not but they presumed that it would be which uh, i think a lot of the makers have now said it is um and they didn't know if it would actually lead to any sort of changes in terms of hospitalizations a bachelor of scientists suggested that it wouldn't and since we've had people like the who as we said earlier also arguing that it won't so why these measures were taken up beforehand i don't know especially after all this time uh, you'd think these people might learn their lesson or maybe they don't want to uh, because as you say it's it's it seems increasingly um 
And how many times can you say increasingly before it reaches a maximum? Because we've been saying that for a long time as well, but it seems increasingly like this isn't about the site. I, I mean, it's good language because it has been getting progressively worse. I mean, there's not not just the the more it goes on, the the worse it it gets for terms of rights. Although that is the case, it, it's just the realization that this is never going to end, or, or until a greater emergency, climate change comes along to steal the spotlight. And um, so, I also appreciate how the the Who has turned turned a new leaf, although it's still not willing to um, upset uh, Winnie the Pooh. It's no. um, it's certainly a become more sensible and although there wasn't a a high bar to hit it's no, um, said to uh, it's said just to, to drop the hysteria all the international restrictions on south africa have gone far too have gone too far too quickly yeah. and we don't know enough about the omicron variant but from what we can see it is very mild south africa have not experienced a, a drastic increase in deaths and um but, but of course, that, that doesn't matter. Going back to what I said at the beginning, they are the experts now to be discarded because they're not towing the line. I think that the difference between sort of the who now is that it is an institution that has crippled its own reputation throughout the pandemic. It's trying to salvage some credibility. And as I said, the de democratic governments do not need that. They just um, blame someone else, put the problems onto uh, their successors and continue about their merry ways. Yeah, well... Since we've said something slightly positive there, not the most positive comment in the world, but a slight positive comment on the who, I think we'll call it a day, shall we, before we revolve back into misery. Um, so, Sam, I hope you enjoy editing this and that you have a nice weekend. Um, everybody for listening, thank you. I hope you join us again next week. Cheers. <laughs>